So I want to share something with you all because I just came across this understanding with just meditating on some things recently. This primarily should help anybody who's currently vetting other people to be their friend or to be in a relationship with someone. But I was just thinking about certain instances and situations or people in my life where I would notice, and this is even, I'm, I'm talking primarily even before I'm saved, before I was saved, how uh, a person can showcase, this is not the case in all cases, but definitely this is something to look out for if you're currently talking about you want to be married and you're not sure about somebody. In my experience, I've noticed when the people that I'm thinking about did not, were not committed to work, what I mean by that, uh, basically not necessarily just a work aspect, but responsibility and just accountability. They're not committed to responsibility of having to have a job to make sure they have ends meet but relied on other people or they did not want to be committed to a job because that job was not their dream job in my experience I noticed that those type of people always needed help they always wanted help or they always wanted um my advice or help in certain scenarios and situations. I didn't sit there because I, I never sit there and just collect and think of all the times I helped somebody because I never did it for that reason to say, you owe me. But now I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, that, that was the type of person that always had something going on in their life. They always had issues and drama or situations happening to them. And what, at this point, I'm just at this point where I'm just saying that playing a victim card because you can be a victim of circumstances because God is going to allow certain things to happen. Actually, that will benefit you. You may not understand it in the moment, but it will benefit you in the long run if you're having things happen to you in your life that you don't really like. But later on, you realize it was necessary. Hopefully, you'll realize it was necessary because if you love the truth, you're going to see that. But if you're a fool that despises wisdom and instruction, you're not going to see that. But I was just thinking about how, you, yeah, you can be a victim, but don't play the victim card. Don't play what was me. All this stuff happens to me. And I, I was the listener. I was the person that always, um, I still am, but I, I, I guard my heart now. I don't, I don't have time for foolishness. And I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm like, if something has happened to you, I'm not the one to just say, oh, it has to be your fault, because I know that's not the case. I know that's how it was with me. There's, there was times where I was working hard and had two or three jobs at the same time, again, when I wasn't saved, and trying to make ends meet, and God didn't allow that to happen. He was closing doors left and right, and I looked back on my life then, and I noticed, oh, he, no, he didn't want that to be my life because he knew what I really wanted, which was the truth and to serve and basically to live a fulfilled life where I didn't waste time and it wasn't working for money because I didn't care for that. But I still knew and acknowledged that, uh, A, I needed to be responsible and I don't, I, beggars can't be choosers. So I'm sitting here like, we, you know, in my twenties, I'm thinking I need to make sure that I want to make sure this roof stay over my head and my bills are paid and met before I even think about trying to explore them on video games or anything like that. I had dated someone before and have had, not all my friends, but certain people I noticed back then, but I didn't realize what I was looking at, where if they didn't have their dream job or whatever they wanted to do and work at, <clears throat> they wouldn't be committed to looking for work, period. And then they'll sit on their butt and will be waiting for a response from whatever jobs they applied to, specific jobs they applied to, instead of just applying to anything that they can they will basically, if they're not mooching off their parents' credit card, 
or if their parents haven't developed boundaries and actually have, are they, they are enabling their child and they hadn't cut the umbilical cord and they'll be sitting there still treating their child like literal a child. And if that person can't mooch off of their parents or guardian, they'll mooch off of you and then call you their friend or whatever. And it's all about them. But I had noticed, I was like, is there a correlation more between that type of person who they don't want to even try to be committed? There's no effort. Is is that type of person someone that is showcasing how they would be in a relationship where they would lack commitment? They are not going to commit to you if they're not your if they're if you are not their dream wife or dream husband or they might not even be thinking about marriage they're just thinking about again lust they fulfill my desires so you're my dream girl you're my dream boyfriend you make me look good type of stuff i cannot ever stand when i heard people say stuff like that or heard music or rap music saying you make me look good i'm gonna make you look good what what how prideful <laughs> because is the difference between saying you make me look good because if you don't already look good on your own, that's an issue. So you're just using me as, uh, you know, an image bearer. Very weird. But instead of saying, you made me look good, I would actually appreciate hearing more that you compliment. You see what I'm saying? It's just, it's so many reasons why I just didn't date a lot in my 20s. <laughs> but I was just thinking, you know what? In those scenarios, because I was someone, I've worked, I can't tell you how many jobs I had. To be honest, I was I was going to write a book, 30, 30 jobs before 30. I'm 33 right now. So <laughs> but I was going to write that book because I was going to actually talk about all the issues I have had to deal with with different workforces that would take advantage of you. How to see that, how I still had my focus. I might even write it now, but how, how I still kept my focus on what I was raised off of when my parents told me that everything you do, you do it unto the glory of God. And don't sit here and beg nobody for nothing. My parents, thank God, my parents did not fall for this weak mentality of um, you're black, so you got to do extra to get ahead in life and all this other crap. No, they basically were like, if you want it, you going to want something, you need to get your butt up and work for it. And when you do what you need to do, um, you can't get mad at nobody else but yourself. You can't be upset about somebody else and expecting them to fulfill what you actually wanted to get done the way you needed to get done. And mix that with how I used to be a perfectionist. I ain't asked for help. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask you for help for real. If I asked you for help, I was at a very, very low place. And I didn't try every, I didn't probably try every possible way I could come up with to do what I needed to do. And I had to say to myself, you know what? I never, and I've been in some very tight spots before, but I've never had in a situation where I didn't have to sit here and be like, I don't know how my power is going to be on. I'm not getting on to anybody who's like this because I understand. Again, there's more than just the, the, the circumstances of how the world is and how the greedy um, market is and all. I, I get that. What I am saying is I was just thinking about I never really had to ask over and over again, hey, can I borrow $5, $10, $20? Or, um, hey, um, can you help me with paying this particular bill? Because... If it's something that I knew I wanted to be on, that got paid first. Everything else came later. And because I was like this, I always had money, because I, I like to save money. I always had money saved up so when somebody did ask for help, I was able to help them because I used to think, this is how I used to think. I know better now, but this is how I used to think. I'm I'm a friend. This person comes to me. They obviously need help, and I'm able to do that. And when you do that with a friend, you help someone. But 
Now the Lord has shown me that uh, a lot of that, when I was doing that with, again, good intentions, quote unquote, he was showing me that I was enabling their laziness. They didn't want to get their butt up. They didn't want to commit. They wanted to sit here and think that the scripture that says a man that doesn't work, doesn't eat, doesn't apply to them. That scripture actually applies to someone that's saved and someone that's not. When you are saved, you're saved because you had faith in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, was buried in a tomb for three days. But on the third day, he rose from the grave and is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. When you believe in Jesus, Jesus says that the work of God is this. Notice the work, still dealing with work, but now it's not you doing it, it's God doing it. The work of God is this, to believe in the name of the one whom the Father has sent. And then Jesus also says to us, when you seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, everything that you need will be given unto you. The birds, the animals, they don't have to worry about nothing. They're just going about their life because the one provided for them. They're going to, it's the father. He's going to provide for you when you are seeking him. You seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You seek your righteousness. You seek him the truth. You want the truth. Not the world says the truth. Not what you think and say is the truth and your truth crap. You want the truth, not a truth. There's no such thing as a truth. It's only one. It's the truth and a billion lies, billion trillion lies. And so with God, you're going to be working in his harvest. And your strength will be in the Lord, not in your own efforts of exertion. When you're not saved, you're going to be under the curse of Adam. Where when God said to Adam, dust you or form, dust you shall return. Because when he has sinned, he said his curse. He said, curse is, curse is the ground. Because when Adam has sinned against God, and he and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But he says specifically to Adam, the curse is the ground because of you. That you will work the ground all the days of your life by the sweat of your brow. And that whatever you will work, it will not give back to you. Dust you will form, dust you shall return. So either way, whether you save or not, you're going to work. You, if you trust in your own works and you trust in yourself, you're committed to trusting in the word of man, in the work of man, then you're selling yourself and you're showing to God, I rely on myself to provide for me. When you trust in the work of God, who is the word of God, Jesus Christ, you're showing to God, I trust you to provide to be my provider, for you to provide everything that I need. Who are you committed to? Because I was just thinking about that. Like, I was just walking around the house, just straightening up the house, cleaning a little bit. And I was just thinking about, you know what? That type of person, I had people around me where I was working two or three jobs, and I didn't like the jobs. Like, I would have one job set up, and I was supposed to start working. And I signed up to have full-time hours. And you know how jobs, they don't want to pay you full-time, and they'll have to end up paying you um, benefits. So... I would not get the full-time hours, even though I signed. I call them contracts. When you sign an application, you didn't sign all that paperwork. I'm just sitting here like, dog, it's like, I feel like I'm re-enlisting in the military again. Like, I'm signing all this paperwork. And then you don't keep your end of the deal, agreement, covenant, contract. But I'm over here supposed to work for you for like a dog on slave. For a paycheck that ain't even worth nothing, for real. And I'll be frustrated, but I will still work. Because I'm like, I'm well, you know what? I don't like how this situation is, but I'm going to be committed to working because I ain't going to sit on my butt and not do nothing. I'm not going to be no bum. So then I'll have to get another job <laughs> to, to equal out having full-time pay for a week or whatever like this. All I was doing full-time, call it. And I remember there were certain people that even, again, like I had dated somebody where I was like with this person and I was sitting here thinking, you know what? I think this is time. Our, our time is up because... I'm working. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a woman. I have no problem with working, but how in the world am I a woman in this relationship working two jobs and you don't have one, not because you don't, you're not able to find a job, but because you, the job you want, your dream job, 
is not contacting you back. So you're just going to sit on your butt and wait for them to call you back or you keep calling them instead of getting over there on Indeed or whatever like that and trying to find work so we're not, you're not sitting on them. Like you're you're leeching off of me because I'm sitting here and like I don't want to sit here and work these jobs. I don't care. I'll be a janitor. I'll mop the floor. I don't care. I don't see nothing wrong with cleaning. The world sit here and call a janitor a bad job and mocking and all that stuff because the world sitting here is filthy. Being a janitor, you literally, your job is literally to clean. That's, I think that's one of the lowest jobs or, or, or any type of job that's dealing with cleaning up filth, the world's going to sit here and mock because that's what God does. He cleans up and sanctifies. That's a high position right there, especially when you clean up somebody else's crap. That janitor is acting more like God than a lot of these people out here that think they high and mighty and they too good to be mopping the floor. I was sitting here like, because God cleaning up somebody else's mess. <laughs> when he's sanctifying us, through his word, through having faith in his word. That's what real accountability looks like. But I'm sitting here like, in any job that I had, there was so many lessons I learned. I didn't like the job, but I learned, I loved what I was learning when I was there. You can't do that when you're committed to what you think you're entitled to work and entitled to do, and it doesn't fall in line with your definition of your dream job. And I was like, you know what, Lord? That type of uncommittedness would trickle over into a relationship, which ironically that did the person I was talking about. Because that type of uncommittedness would be, well, you're not my dream of, uh, they may not say this to you, but I'm just saying like, that person that lives in illusions and fantasies, and they think that the world revolves around them, or they just think that, well, um, I'm going to look for this type of woman or man based off of my preferences. They're trying to look for somebody that's carved in the image of their flesh and their fleshly desires, which, again, is the flesh is never satisfied. So this is why so many people be on endless dating quests that are never fulfilled. This is literally the fulfillment of the Father is telling you that the eyes of man is never satisfied. And if the eyes of man who's never satisfied is through the lust of the eyes, more concerned about, well, you don't fit my description of what I think is my dream girl or dream boy and can completely miss out morals and ignore morals, that type of person is not committed because they're not first committed to the Father. Because I was like, Lord, if they're not first committed to you, they're not going to know what commitment looks like. They have to practice it first by having faith in you. Because you're faithful even when we're faithless. You show us what that looks like. And then we exemplify that to our neighbor. But if a person is lazy, they're going to be first lazy spiritually. But then they're not going to see any reason to commit in any other area of their life unless it's actually something that's fulfilling their lust of their flesh. This is why I had said before, I have found in my life, and I'm, again, I'm only 33. I haven't been on this earth that long, I don't think. But in the short time that I've been on this earth, I have found people that were bums with a six-figure job, four-figure job, and bums that sat here and barely had $50 in their account. Am I getting on to you if you got five bucks in your account? No. <laughs> but I'm talking about they only have a short, a small amount of money in their account and will complain again oh while i'm thinking about these are the main people i could not stand I, after a while i was like no i gotta cut you off these are the main people that would be so quick to want to sit out here and protest and talk about privilege black privilege white privilege whatever fits their fancy so that they can make an excuse to be a bum to be lazy and then feel entitled that they need to be rewarded for their laziness because woe is me victim mentality again because they again they think they're above the old whole a man that don't work, don't eat. Now, I'm not sitting here endorsing the hustle culture because that's satanic. Satan don't want you to rest because he knows that if you know what rest is, you'll know who Jesus is. He'll give you rest and peace. But at the same time, again, I was like, I was just thinking to myself just now, like a person, if you're not 
committed because something doesn't fit your description of what you would actually uh, exert commitment to. Like, you know, you have some people out here, especially when I hear guys say this, it, it blows my mind. Cause I'm like, when a guy would say, oh, well, I'm not going to respect a woman unless she, she, unless she's worthy of my respect or unless she respects me first. I'm like, well, that's not respect. That That's not respect. That's called prejudice. <laughs> that's not respect. Somebody is able to fulfill your desire of your, when you wanting validation and attention, then you're going to return lust back to them. They flattered you. So now you're actually like, well, I guess I'm going to give them attention because they gave me attention. That's lust. That's not, that's not love because love is respect. That's not love at all. You giving somebody preferential treatment. That's, that's lust. Again, that's prejudice. <laughs> Since everybody want to throw the whole racism card and they don't realize they'll be doing the same thing as if they'll be projecting to other people. But then turn around and say, I'm a good person though. I just, and again, that type of person I've, I've noticed, I don't know how they are right now. I hope they're a lot better than this, but I, I was just thinking, you know what? In these areas, they always had these issues. And if somebody, and oh, thank God I didn't marry this type of person. Cause I almost did. <laughs> I almost did. Like, Consider, I would say I almost considered it, but then when I was being shown things, I went to the Lord first because I wasn't going to make no decision like that without going to my father. When I did, he just let that person tell on himself. I didn't have to really say or do anything. When I was listening to them, I wasn't, I wasn't even looking for something. I would just be having a conversation with them or sitting down, or we could even be talking about a show and they would give their opinion or whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, are you serious? Are you just joking? Did you really mean that? And what they would have said would be something that's so ungodly. And I was like, what? And you really believe this? Oh, man. <laughs> I can't. Uh-uh. Because you're going you gonna, you gonna to be a burden to me. I despise the thought and refuse to accept to marry any man that will sit here and say, you make me look good. Or, because at that point, I'm like, uh, I hope you, 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 to me, it sounds like you made me your idol. And that's disgusting. I'm already, un I'm already unattractive. Because God's supposed to make you look good and make you good. He calls you good when you're in him. Not no human. But then if a guy were to say that um, I married um, better than me or higher than me, I forgot how the saying goes, but um, I married above my pay grade type stuff. I, I, was, oh, I, would, I would be like, oh, I, I don't even, even if I did marry a, a man or dated a courted a man that, was better than me in a lot of areas. There's no comparison, really. I'm not competing with you. I'm not thinking, I'm really thinking you compliment me. And if you're greater in a lot of areas that I'm not, then th this is where you can help me at because I'm always about growth. I'm always about improving. And thank God I have a challenge because <laughs> I will be around somebody that would challenge me because they're doing that to themselves first. I want to be around that. I definitely would want to marry that. Not somebody sitting here and say, I'm married above my pay grade. Then what about the woman? She, did she marry beneath her pay grade? Like, what? I don't want to be with anybody that's not even confident in who they are. And that's going to come when your esteem is not in the Lord to begin with. Because we, again, we're not on pay grades and numbers and all that. That's, that's worldly. That's worldness. The high value system of the world. That's high value male, female crap. That's, that's worldly garbage. That's what that is. And... I was like, you know what? Marrying into someone or marrying into a situation like that, because that's what it would be, a situationship. When you're looking at the different things that you hear, well, looking at, but when you're, you're hearing the different things that a person is saying that's not, they're like, I'm not going to do this job or I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit around and wait for things to happen for me. That's the type of person that would only... I really feel like will be the type of person that just settles. If you marry that type of person, they just settle. They either didn't 
get to the type of person that they wanted and so they end up marrying somebody else because they're just like again they only think about themselves because again it's lust they're only thinking about themselves saying that well i can't i didn't get what i wanted this person's already married or i'm not able to contact them but i just don't want to be alone because you know a lot of people like that don't want to even put up with their own dog and company and expect other people to and then they'll marry that person. And this is where you see a lot of marriages where you'll see people that expect their spouse to act like they doggone mommy or daddy and not their spouse. They hadn't cut the umbilical cord. You you be in a whole family where the spouse is a child with the children and the only adult is only one adult in that family, in that entire household because of that spiritual laziness, that uncommittedness. Oh, this is not the lifestyle that I want. And if this is the lifestyle that I want, um, I am going to want these things, but I'm not going to work at it because <laughs> I, I feel entitled that this is how things should just be without my say so or input at all. And I get all of that. And I was just thinking that like, I was, I was like, I got all of that from certain people that I did not even really want to get close to. I got all of that just based off of having conversations with people that will say, well, I'm not currently working or they will ask for help. And I never really asked them what they'll do with the money, but I, I still would be like, um, when we would continue to talk on a regular basis, I would still be like, well, have you contacted this uh, particular job yet? Especially since I used to be the type of person that would give my name out to help people for credibility when they wanted to get a job. Don't do that crap anymore. Uh, they'll be like, no, I haven't heard back from them. And they don't even say anything or do anything about it. But they still sit on their butt and say, well, I don't have any money. I'm like, well, duh, you're not working. <laughs> You're not working in the father's harvest and you ain't even working uh under the curse of Adam. Like you, you're not even you're not even working. You're lazy. What is that scripture I remember reading? Uh, is a lot of people are familiar with about uh I think it's in Proverbs where it's uh the laying of hands, like hold on. Let me see if I can find that. And while I'm I'm looking for that verse, because I'd rather read it to you. Uh I'm just like, what do you expect? You out here saying you like, can't do anything and can't get ahead in life and I'm like, well, for one, the way you're trying to go about that, you're going up against God. Only through God are you going to be successful. We're talking specifically about Jesus because there is no other. But only with Christ can you be successful because he's the truth. You're not going to be successful with lies. So if you're living in fantasies and you're expecting things to just fall into your lap while living in your fantasy and that's not reality, yeah, you're not going to be able to get ahead because you're already behind mentally and spiritually. You're not going to get nowhere. Yeah, that's the type of person is expecting to get good fruit from bad. And what prompted me to just start thinking about this, because I was like, I need to be able to practice the discernment to understand, because God has already given me the understanding, but to now practice it and apply it when I'm in situations where people have asked for help. And then, my goodness, when I say stuff just comes out the woodwork with issues happening in my life, I just, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? No. Nah. No, I didn't have these issues. I, I, these issues did not exist until you came into my life. <laughs> like, uh-uh, because they're carrying that. I'm not saying they're walking around with a cloud over their head, but they're carrying it. You, if if you, if the person is someone that is spiritually lazy, they're literally like leeches. That person is a leech because they're all about self-serving themselves. They'll call you their friend, but they're a doggone leech, and they're your friend until you tell them no. When you tell them no, or I'm not able for some, I'm not able to help, and then have the audacity. Some folks are so entitled; it's unreal nowadays. Will have the audacity to get upset and want want to ask you why not? Why not? Like really, really? 
man, I'm sitting here like, man, you, your mind is very perverted right now. I, I don't tell him this. I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, if only, if only you were not in perversion. If only you used that boldness for Christ, boy. Because <laughs> that amount of boldness, I, it comes easy to them. That type of person that's just carefree, careless, because they care less, so they're going to be free of care and can't be careful because they're not full of care because they're careless. That type of person, they easy going. People will think, oh, you don't stress. You look so young for your age. For some people that are up in age that act like this and still leeching off of folks. They don't love folks. They leeches. I'll, I'll be sitting here like, my probably the main reason why they face don't look like they're stressed out because they never stressed about nothing. <laughs> they never cared. They let up, they don't, they stress on everybody else. And it's, and it's the fault of other people, because I had to learn this myself too. It's the fault of other people who sat there and let them do that. That enabled that. Once you get to a point where you're not tolerating that no more, it's so easy. It's so easy to say, nope, nope. Cause I'm not lazy and I can't stand that. And if every time I'm from around you, I don't even feel like doing the things I need to do. You don't even have to tell me. This type of person, it's, it's almost scary. <laughs> Ain't nothing to be afraid, but it's, I say ironic. I rephrase that. It's very ironic because they don't even have to say anything to you. They don't have to say you need to stop doing this. They don't have to give backhanded compliments or phrases to try to discourage you. And, and you think that they're looking out for you. But in reality, they'll say things like, why are you doing this anyway instead of this? When it's actually something good that you're trying to do. They're not really trying to be helpful. They just don't like the fact that you're changing and advancing and no longer possibly going to be their asset. Like, they, I'm not talking about the, the person that does that. I'm talking about when they don't say anything. They're just sitting on your sofa. <laughs> or you just go over their house. Or y'all are just out together. And you could be on the phone for a short conversation. It, it doesn't even have to be that long. And then when you get off, you feel drained. And the conversation you would have thought may have been good. But you get off the phone and you're drained. And uh, what for me, what I experience with these type of situations and engagements um my thoughts would be all over the place like and I wouldn't even understand why I'm like well okay that was my break so I'm making back to what I need to do and I couldn't I couldn't whatever is clouding their judgment which again this is spiritual spiritual warfare these are demonic attacks but they allow them the demons to, to do whatever they want to in their life and then turn around and be like why is nothing happening I'm like but you're lazy though you're spiritually lazy since you're carefree you're like I know the world is evil and I don't care I've, I've, I don't know how many times I've heard people say that to the point if I have somebody and I've had somebody that was a close friend that talked like that, I was just like, oh, no, you can't be close to me at all. Nope. Because you're the type of person, if, you, if you're careless, ain't no way nowhere you can care about me. You can't call me your friend. If you're lazy, you can't call me your friend. Because when I am going through certain situations and stuff, how in the world can the Father use you to speak through you, to get to me, to encourage me, to keep me, get me back on track? Because I'm always doing that for others, but I'm like, how how can you do that for me in those situations when I'm all focused? I know I'm supposed to go to the Father. I'm saying he uses us. He uses us in the body of Christ. Because I'm not going to expect that from the world. But he uses us in the body of Christ. And you're sitting here saying the things that you say. You be the type of person that Satan will be using to keep me down where I'm not supposed to be at. To keep my focus off of Christ. And ironically, there's the same people I had to also cut off that was in here. I said, you talk about Jesus all the time. What am I, who am I supposed to talk about? He's the truth. Do you, are you literally saying I'm talking about the truth all the time? I'm in ministry. This is my full-time thing. This is my calling. What do you expect? 
they're thinking you're competing against them, and, and I'm not. I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I, it ain't even about you. Who cares about you? I'm talking about my father. I care about your soul, but I don't care about your interests. Like, I really don't. I really don't. I'm not going to sit here and lie or pretend that I do. I don't. If your interests don't line up with who, with God's concerns, I'm not interested. It's it's irrelevant. And the, and the sooner that you tell people like this or anybody that and like that, of course, do it tactfully with love. But, like, as soon as you tell people that, the sooner they can learn the world, everything don't revolve around them and it ain't about them. And then you might actually be able to save somebody from wasting their youth or from wasting their life on just fantasizing about what they think they're entitled to and will only commit to that's based on their fantasies. And, again, all of this, I, I was just thinking about this came off from just thinking about, oh, you know, the people that always ask for help all the time. <laughs> What happened? They, you have a job just like I do. What you doing with your money? If you're not learning how to prioritize properly, you're not responsible. Well, who am I to sit here and continue helping you? No, I'm not helping you. At some certain points, it's not help. It's hindrance. It's hindrance. Especially when it's at the expense of when I end up uh, getting into situations of trouble or have things turn up where because I'm responsible, I'm going to have to address those issues. But it was all because of you. Oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's what I'm currently dealing with right now. I was like, oh, nope, nope. I love, love you, Lord. I'm glad that you have shown me this. It's a lot easier to say no. Once you have prayed about certain situations or people or things that you're doing that you're not sure is right and he shows you, it's so easy to say, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not tolerating this. I'm not helping you. If you're somebody that's sitting here wondering how I'm going to build my boundary, you go to the Father. He is a boundary. The Father himself, is. he literally says through his word, can't nobody get to him <laughs> except through Jesus. He literally is a boundary. You want to learn how to build boundaries? He will show you. He's the teacher. He will show you. And you won't be lazy in the process. I guarantee you. You won't. You won't tolerate laziness and cowards. It's because it's, he ain't lazy. He ain't no coward. The devil makes that. That's his children. That's his children. Some people, uh, since cowardice and laziness is not especially people pleasing which comes from through again laziness and cowardness fear of the man is not something that's i think talked about as much as far as all of the works of the flesh so i've i've come across people that think that it's overkill for god to not let a coward into heaven because they're like well they're afraid of people and afraid of not being liked it's like what you afraid for when you're christ god doesn't give us a spirit of fear there's nothing to be afraid about when you've allowed another human being to be able to uh be at, uh, uh, on a pedestal in your mind to the point where you care about what they're thinking of you and what they're saying about you, That's you made that person your idol. So that's idolatry. Every work of the flesh is idolatry at the end of the day. It literally breaks the first and greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Cowardice and slaziness. Slaziness. Slice. <laughs> Snizzle snake. Sla I was about to say it again. Laziness. <laughs> I mix slothfulness and laziness together. Maybe that's another. Well, people always add words into the dictionary. Slaziness. Yes, slazy. Slazy people talking about they slaying stuff. <laughs> they slaying nothing. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, here's the verse I was going to read out to you. <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how many, any, how many bullets I dodged. Like, it was, it's the Matrix, how many bullets I've dodged. Not I. I didn't do nothing. The Father showed me. Like, he opens your eyes. You ain't got to take no pill. You ain't got to pop pills for Jesus. He don't want you overdosing on Satan anyway. He'll give you the truth for free. 
And when you eat from the bread of life, your eyes are going to open. And when they open, man, when I tell you, them bullets will like be right in front of your face. And if you did not trust in God who is telling you, hey, the bullets coming, the people come. <laughs> this person is like this, 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 and that. And you're not, oh, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. I'm still going to trust this person. It's a good person. You're going to get shot. And then you're going to turn around and be like, what? What happened to me? Why am I hurting? <laughs> Woe is me. <laughs> but when you trust in the Father, Man, when I tell you, your eye, he will open your eyes. The the many bullets will be right there. And then he'll give you the strength and the prowess and the flexibility to dodge all of them in milliseconds. That's how he is when he rescues you. <laughs> Man. There we go. Proverbs 24. Oh, well, you know it. We'll also go to Proverbs 6. I'll read Proverbs 6 first. And I will admit that um, I'm going to read it, but I will admit that when I used to read this and um, I didn't know any better because this is when I was still a perfectionist and was still like setting my own standards and expectations, getting upset that I didn't meet them, didn't think that I needed to rest or that resting was weak or um, wasting your time and wasting your life. Again, all this mentality is coming from the world that you're going to unlearn you're in Christ. But this mentality comes from the world to keep where the devil does not want you to rest you rest when you're being still and knowing that god is god that's resting you're going to be able to see a lot of the things that you're doing is not going to work and you're going to want to stop and then call out to god you can't people are not gonna, people out here in this vain world as britain and ecclesiastes they're not going to call out to god they're too busy doing their own thing they've been busy bodies and their works of man they're not going to call out to god and so there a lot of people have insomnia and a lot of people are not really able to rest because they're meditating on how can I please myself? How can I please this person? How can I? And they're they're meditating on these motives and you're not getting replenished from that because the flesh can do nothing. You're not getting your strength from the father. It can, you can't do nothing. So I actually, before I read this verse, I used to take this verse as I was a lazy person if I rested. So I wanted to mention that if somebody has done that as well, that's not what this means. So I'm about to read Proverbs chapter six. Um, verse 6 and I'm gonna I'll just start there so Proverbs chapter 6 verse 6 I'm gonna start walk in the matter of the ant O slacker observe its ways and become wise without a commander without an overseer or ruler it prepares its provisions in summer it gathers its food at harvest how long will you lie there O slacker when will you get up from your sleep a little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and need like a bandit. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth, winking his eyes, speaking with his feet, and pointing with his fingers. With deceit in his heart, he devises evil. He continually sows discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly, and in an instant, he will be shattered beyond recovery. See, the Lord had been showing me, not just recently, but just in general, that this was the certain people that were lazy like that. Literally, this is the description of who I'm talking about, the type of person I'm talking about. They were trying to avoid what is going to happen. Poverty will come upon you like a robber and need like a bandit. They always need, but they, they're lazy. They're on lazy. You don't need nobody to tell you to get up and work or do what you need to do to get things done if you're responsible. Like as it is written, without a commander, without an overseer or ruler, the ant is what it's uh, 
Proverbs is talking about the ant prepares its provisions in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. That type of person don't even do that. They don't do that. They expect everybody else to do that for them. And if everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and they have extra, they are in self-entitled and assume and think, well, you know what? Can you give me a little bit? Can I have some help? Can I borrow five dollars? <laughs> like back in the day, people would say, can I hold a dollar or hold five dollars? That just sounds lustful, too. I mean, can I hold a dollar? You just need to hold money in your hand so you feel better about yourself. Because you're really saying, can you give this to me? But you're trying to be cute. Because you're not a, a wicked person. They're not going to be honest. What does it say right here? A worthless person. A wicked person walks with a perverse mouth. They're lying. They ain't going to be honest. They can't tell you up straight up and be blunt. I need to borrow this. Some of them just lie and say, let me hold it. And once this type of person, I'm not, I'm not stopping you from helping people, but the Lord will show you who to help and who not. I understand from, again, from experience. But that type of person will see that, oh, this person is, uh, they're giving me their last or they're giving me, they're helping me. And you'll be hindering that person because calamity needs to hit this type of person. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly and in an instant he'll be shattered beyond recovery. Be it the lowest points in their life, have all these things happening to them back to back to back to back to back. Why? Going through every reason. Why? Let, when you're a sin, when you're somebody that lives in sin with no remorse, don't care. Again, carefree, careless. All this applies to that type of person. They don't care. They'll do all the things that they can. Let's go into it. Uh, walks with a perverse mouth, winking his eyes, speaking with his feet, winking his eyes like flattery trying to get you to do what they want you to do with charisma with deceit in his heart he devises evil he continually sows discord that type of person is a gospel i'm telling you this is the type of people i had to let go in my life i was like i can't help you you need help from god you don't need physical help you don't actually now i'll go ahead i'll continue reading the rest of what it says after this um therefore calamity will come upon him suddenly in an instant he will be shattered beyond recovery there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Yes, Lord, because I'm with you right there. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, have, you love the Lord, you're going to have his desires too, and you're going to hate the things he hates. So six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that run swiftly to do evil a false witness who gives false testimony, and one who stirs up discord among brothers. You stay away from that. Notice how this is written right after it talks about a, a lazy, slothful person. <laughs> the Like somebody, um, the chapter, the name of the chapter or the, the title that's given for the chapter for Proverbs 6 is Warning Against Foolishness. That's basically all the Proverbs, but <laughs> Warning Against Foolishness. Like he, the Lord's giving you fruit. He's, he's showing you. Because it's with his word, he will preserve your life. He'll show you, here's this bullet, here's this bullet, this is what this person does. The world will just be like red flag. No, the Lord will show you bad fruit. And at the same time, when he's doing that, if you're doing these things that he says is not good, you'll realize, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing wrong? Why am I doing this? I didn't know this is what I was really doing. So he'll be correcting you at the same time, warning you. <laughs> but man, mm, actually, this is, I should have read the whole chapter. Because getting, I was just scanning the top of Proverbs six, and again, this is what I'm currently going through right now. This is where I, I wanted to, I wanted to record it because I was like, oh, here's another catalyst in my life where I'm like, it, it ain't gonna happen no more. This ain't gonna happen no more. 
my son, and I'm reading at the beginning of Proverbs 6, we're still in the same chapter, but my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, like for example, co-signing, if you have struck hands and pledge with a stranger, if you have been trapped by the words of your lips, I, I could just begin to tell you how often I would be like, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to help you. And when it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, shut up. Because <laughs> when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Like, because I don't, I don't like to lie. I don't want to lie to you. And I'm sitting here like, I got to keep my word now because it, it came out of my mouth. But why do I do that? If you have been trapped by the words of your lips and snared by the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, to free yourself. For you have fallen into your neighbor's hands. Go humble yourself and pressure plea with your neighbor. Allow no sleep to your eyes or slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Notice he's, he says snare, trap, because that type of person. And then right after we, we talk about this, it goes into walk in the manner of the ant, O slacker. Observe his ways and become wise. That type of blo- It's frustrating me because I, I I don't understand this mentality. I never have understood this mentality to be lazy or to, or to expect people to do things for you because you don't feel like doing it. And it's even worse when you see family doing that. I know a lot of people have um, experienced this with family when people would assume, as the saying goes, that blood is thicker than water. And I'm like, well, what's interesting is that that's the same thing when you're talking about Jesus. You're talking about the blood of Jesus, and he is the one that's going to give you living water. <laughs> or saying water and oil don't mix. This, these little fancy sayings that come from the world that make you think that you're saying something wise is just foolishness. It's, it's just foolishness in the context that is usually said because, yeah, water and oil doesn't mix. And if you're saying that in relation to how um, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement, okay, I, I, I'm down with that phrase. But then if you're saying that phrase like water and oil don't mix and uh, blood is thicker than water as a way to try to just cheat through life or as some people say skate through life, I had heard the first time I heard that phrase was in the Marine Corps. People would talk about people skating through the ranks and doing all kinds of stuff to just try to get a promotion. And But that's how people are in any area of life. If they're lazy, they don't want to work. They want somebody else to work. But because their body needs to eat <laughs> or because there are things that they will need in this life, um, and they're not looking to God for those needs because, again, a fool despises wisdom and instruction. So that a fool is definitely not going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because they they're out here thinking that they're righteous. They think their self-righteousness is good. They're a good person, as they say. That type of person is not looking for God to provide for them. So then they're going to look to creation and they're going to look to you if you're listening. And if you're listening and you've been warned about somebody that's in your life, there's no coincidence that I'm giving you this because um, this has been given to me where I will be warned about it. And when I tell you, you already know. There's a high chance you already know what I'm talking about before I even say it. Because the Father will warn you. He warns. He'll give you dreams. He'll allow that other person to tell them. Because a, a person in pride, they can't help but boast of their foolishness. They love to hear themselves talk about themselves. They love their speech. The laziest people in the world will sit here and talk about all these things that they did and didn't do nothing. Because and they, since they live in fantasy land, they just boast about their intentions. Well, this is what I intended to do. I intended to go to the military. I intended to go to college. I intended to do this and then do nothing. And they expect a reward from you. And if you're that type of person that's a good listener, you love to listen and understand, and 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 you love to get to solutions of things, or as the world would say, if you're an empath, 
and you give that type of person attention, you're not loving your neighbor or yourself. And then you'll realize you'll get irritable. If your spirit is irritated, I'm telling you, these are the things that I started taking notes in my life. I was self-reflecting. I was like, wait a minute. Uh-uh. There's a pattern I'm seeing going on here. Let's address this. Because <laughs> my spirit and my soul is irritated. I'm now going to look at, well, it's not what I've been watching or listening to. What other area in my life is influencing me or is causing distress or distraction? That area is going to get cut quick. I'll address the problem because people do things and we do things we don't even know what we're doing a lot of the times, especially if this has become a defense mechanism or survival mechanism based on how that person was raised. But if again, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to enable that. You're going to tell them the truth. Get your butt up and work. If you're a parent, you definitely don't love your children. If you don't, if you taught your children the way that they should go, that they'll never depart from it, that you sat there and babied them their entire life, you basically taught your child to be a bum. And that's why they'll be coming back to your house. And a lot of parents, sadly, have put their identity in just the responsibility of raising their child instead of in Christ. And so once the child grows up and they, if their identity was just in that role and not in Christ, but it was in that role, they're going to hold on to that. So then this is an, I'm, I'm seeing this is the era where the parent and the child is in the era because neither one of them focus on Christ, but then they'll call it love. That's no different to me when I see a person, I forgot. Oh, no, actually, I just remembered. <laughs> when you see a person that is called a feeder, I've heard this term online where when somebody is overweight and they're obese, like they're really obese where like any second they can have a heart attack when you see that they're not taking care of their temple. And uh it was always odd to me where I would normally see this, um, um, uh, it would be a couple or it would be, you, you'll see a man and a woman where if the woman's really huge and the, the man is skinny, it's like, what, is she, is, is she stealing from him? Is she eating all the food and he's not able to eat? But I'm like, wait a minute, you're a grown man. He's a feeder. He's getting off on fulfilling the lust of that woman's flesh. And if the man is huge and the woman's doing it, it's vice versa, same thing. And then you also see this happening with people who would do that with their dogs. Dog walking around, can't even barely walk on his four legs and can't even breathe. And they call it love they pet. The same thing when people are doing that with their own dog on children. Child ain't even three years old and having complications that is unnecessary and uncalled for. Laziness. And they'll say they love their child. If you try to correct that person, they'll be quick to come back to you, good, go off. Because again, you correct a wise person, they'll love you. But you correct a fool, they'll hate you. Because again, a fool despises wisdom and instruction. They lazy. <laughs> this irritates me. I'm so, uh, this. I'm not gonna apologize for none. This this irritates me. This is this is one of them areas in my ministry, or at least just in my walk in general, that I just because this hits home for me. The Father will he will provide and bless you with a lot of things, but if that that was given to you. And you are supposed to be responsible, speaking to the choir right now, you're supposed to be responsible to handle what he is giving to you properly so that be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. What the Father has given to you, going back to referencing the parable of the talents, whatever he has given you, you multiply it. When you're obeying him, you, that's going to happen. He's going to show you how to properly do and steward what you've been given. You can't do that when you're, or what you're blessed with you're taking the initiative to decide on what you're going to give. I'm going I'm to help my family out. I'm going to do this and this. You're going to help people that you're familiar with naturally. But then God would have given you that so that you can help these people here. You don't even know. But you too focus on helping your, your dad or your mom or your cousin, or your uncle, or your boyfriend, or your husband. 
because they're in whatever situation that they're in. And if they've been in that prolonged situation, again, I'm not going to even go in detail because y'all know who I'm talking about. If I'm talking to you right now, if they're in that prolonged situation for months, years, they right in there falling in along in this category and they need to be there because when calamity strikes, it needs to, they, it needs to happen so they can stop trying to live in dreamland and call out to the Lord when things don't go their way. And this is where, like, for example, if the world was so perfect, like people ask that question, why has God allowed all these things? There's so many, he'll show me so many answers. Go to him. He'll show you if you want to know the truth. And if he's, if it's meant for you to know at that time, he'll show you why the world's the way it is. If it was so perfect according to everybody's definition of what they think perfection is, instead of looking to what God is perfection, you wouldn't want to leave it. You wouldn't want to call out to God. You would worship the world because it'll be perfect, right? We're designed naturally to glorify the one who is perfect. We're designed to glorify God in perfection. If the world was perfect, then there would be competition. Then with God, there's no such thing. <laughs> there's no such thing. He don't glorify another, and he don't deny himself. So I'm just understanding this right now in my walk, and I wanted to share this with y'all because I was like, I was beating myself up a lot, and then a, a, a lot of where... My father had to show me that when I'm giving or helping other people, you are giving, you don't give under compulsion. So if you feel obligated, that person made you guilt trip you or made you think that you had to do something for them, that's not coming from God. If you feel obligated to do something for someone, especially when it's somebody that's, again, your friend or your spouse or family, you're not obligated to do nothing for people. You are only to serve God first before serving man. When you do that, God protects you. He, he shows you when to let go or to pull back. He may even show you to continue to help someone, but to not, like, to kind of pull back so that they'll continue at least looking in your direction as he's drawing them to you, as he's softening their heart, or as he's sh teaching you lessons and that person lesson. But you won't see none of that if you're out of here thinking that you're the one that's the Savior, that you're supposed to save everybody or you're supposed to help everybody because you would have made yourself Christ. You would have made yourself an idol. This is what God had created me about years ago, that I was standing in the way. And when it was, it came to me just like that. I was in the way. I was standing in the way. Like I was the one in the middle, and the people couldn't see God because they were looking at me. And I was like, oh, okay, no, I'm going to get out of the way. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not, no, that's not what I want to do. Let me get out of the way. But I wasn't doing that intentionally. Naturally, I saw somebody in need I wanted to help. But the Father will lead you to who to help. You don't even have to think about it, you guys. Don't don't overthink because, I'm, I'm again, I'm preaching to the choir. That's something I do. I tend to do a lot. You don't have to overthink anything. He says specifically, for example, I'll quote Isaiah, where he says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, go, this is the way, walk in it. When you are saved by having faith in Jesus, he's the one in you and you are in him. He's His voice, his word will tell you what to do. He instructs you what to do and what not to do. You don't have nothing to worry about. Just be, like the world says, a mindless zombie and blind faith. I'll be sitting here like, uh, I have no problem with the whole mindless zombie analogy because I'm following the mind of Christ and he don't, he ain't ever wrong. He's guiding me. And, and he, as he says, and that his sheep hear his voice, I know them and they follow it. You don't have nothing to worry about. There are times where I've, in my experience in my walk with Christ, there are times where I've helped people where he even showed me that they're not going to use that for what they need, but to still give. Because ultimately, the whole entire, the whole agenda of our Father is salvation. 
So if that person is lusting after money, agreed for a time, he'll allow you to um, enable. He won't tell you to enable because likely you're going to be doing that because you're still unlearning this. But he'll allow for a time and use what is meant for evil for his good to, because that's what he did with me, to get that person to trust you. Because if they're sitting here thinking that money is their God and this other person is allowing me to fill, they're not, I'm not saying people are thinking literally, I'm able to fulfill my lusts, but I'm able to be able to get what I want and I'll be able to buy what I want to get. And that's what, that's fulfilling your lusts when it's all about you. And it's not about what God says you should have, which really a lot of times is not what people actually need. When you're that person that he would have allowed because he orders everybody's steps to be in that person's path, that as a user and a leech, you're learning how to enforce your boundaries, but that other person, lumps of coal, hot coal is being dropped on them when they realize how they're treating you and how you're not affected. Like, I'm still irritated, but I've learned don't show it. <laughs> Just take it to the Lord because when you focus on him and you show me that that person, this was a part of the process of softening that other person's heart, regardless of what they were using the money for or whatever for, for whatever reason, this was a part of the process. And the money that was given to me, the money that I even have in general, God gave it to me. Again, this he's going to show you how to steward it. It's not always going to be about you stewarding it for you and what you need. Your needs are going to be met. It'll be what he already knows, meeting people where they are. And when I understood this, it helped with me not being irritated, at least in the moment. And I would not feel like I was used because I would know nothing is done in vain in Christ. But I will still continue to say <laughs> regardless it irks me all sin irks me but i'm talking about like this one right here <laughs> i get i don't think it's even talked about as much it needs to be spiritual slothfulness just slothfulness just laziness where's that other verse that i was thinking of that i wanted to read too because it's proverbs 6 that i was reading but there was another one that's actually kind of parallel to this where um where is it Oh, yeah, this is the one I was even thinking about when I first referenced this. Proverbs chapter 24. Mm. Mm. Let me just, just go ahead and read the whole chapter because, again, this all applies. Because <laughs> a lazy person is also very envious. I'm telling you, there's people out here that are fighting over self-entitlement and um, protests and stuff like that. You're envying what somebody else has and you don't have what that other person has and it's not fair because they're able to get these things in the world that I don't get to have so I'm gonna protest about it lazy because if you ain't if you, period you're lazy if you think it like that stop it if it's something that you think you want so bad work for it and if it ain't what you're supposed to have God let you have it and then you're gonna take it away <laughs> And then you'll realize, well, I really didn't need this like I thought I did. Instead of sitting here operating in the mentality of pride where you think you can force somebody to do something for you. Again, that's self-entitlement. So I want to read the whole chapter. Do not envy. If this is not in the scriptures, but this is just like defining or summarizing what the Proverbs 24 is about. Do not envy wicked men or desire their company. For their hearts devise violence and their lips declare trouble. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. A wise man is strong, and a man of knowledge enhances his strength. Only with sound guidance should you wage war. And victory lies in a multitude of counselors. Wisdom is too high for a fool, 
he does not open his mouth in the meeting place. He who plots evil will be called a schemer. A foolish scheme is sin, and a mocker is detestable to men. If you faint in the day of distress, how small is your strength? Rescue those being led away to death, and restrain those stumbling toward the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know about this. Does not he who weighs hearts consider it? So this is talking about how God is going to judge you according to what you are capable of, what you know at the time, because he's the one that's the one giving you knowledge and understanding to begin with. Do not the one who guards your life know? Will he not repay a man according to his deeds? Eat honey, my son, for it is good, and the honeycomb is sweet to your taste. Know therefore that wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, there is a future for you, and your hope will never be cut off. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, near the dwelling of the righteous. See, I'm, I'm already, I'm so glad I read this. <laughs> I, just, I just get excited when I be reading. I, I love my, I love my daddy. Because that's exactly what they do. They leeches, leech. They just waiting by your house when they get a blessing off of you. Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, near the dwelling of the righteous. Do not destroy his resting place. Don't disrupt my peace. For though a righteous man may fall seven times, he still gets up. But the wicked stumble in bad times. I'm going to say that again. For though a righteous man may fall seven times, he'll still get up. He still gets up. But the wicked stumble in bad times. Do not gloat when your enemy falls, because that's not funny anyway. You got a lot of people online that are sitting here exploiting people's shame. It's not funny. Do not gloat when your enemy falls and do not let your heart rejoice when he stumbles or, or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from him. Do not fret evildoers and do not be envious of the wicked for the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be extinguished. And that's, that's a dangerous thing because I'm, I'm thinking about the verse about um, having your oil, having the lamp, having the oil in your lamp ready for the bridegroom. And I'll, I'll actually just read where I'm coming from before I go back to that uh, chapter. Because that, that just came to my mind. That type of person that's lazy, they're not going to have no oil in their lamp. And this it says that too in Proverbs chapter 24, uh, verse 20. For the evil man has no future and the lamp of the wicked will be extinguished. We're going to go to, um, let me see. I'm trying to remember where it was. Oh, Matthew chapter 25. So I'm going to read that real quick. And then I'll go back to Proverbs um, the parable of the, oh, I didn't know this was right before the parable of the talents. <laughs> okay. So, um, hmm, I'll even read the talents too, <laughs> because the one talent that disobeyed the master didn't do nothing with what he was given. Cause again, laziness. So I want to read that since this is dealing with what we're talking about. Neato. Okay. So the parable of the 10 virgins at the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who take their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take along any extra oil. But the wise ones took oil and flasks along with their lamps. When the bridegroom was displayed, oh, I'm sorry. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. How many people do you know are like this? No, said the wise ones. I'm going to say this again so I can hear me say this. <laughs> this. Say it again, Quadola. 
No, said the wise ones, or there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But if you ain't working, can you buy it? Because the Father, you're working for the Lord. He gave it to you. But a lazy person, you can't do that. But while they were on their way to buy it, the bridegroom arrived. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other virgins arrived and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. This is for those people that are still out here talking about, God ain't through me yet, and they love playing in the world. Lukewarm, lukewarm, stop playing. We're trying to, I actually knew somebody or knew of somebody because I didn't know them at all. I'm, I'm like, Jesus. I'm taught, I'm, I'm learning to talk just like him. When you get, when he, when the father really starts revealing to you how people really are, you never knew them. They didn't have their identity, their identity was false. They don't even know who they are. When your identity is in Christ, you, you people like me get to know you. You're going to need to know Jesus before you get to know me because that's where I'm at. I had, I was familiar with someone that uh, helped me when I first came up here to Oregon. And they housed me because I literally left everything and I came up here to Oregon. So I was in my car for like two weeks. But I was okay. I Honestly, that was one of the best moments in my life. <laughs> to just be at peace and just focus on what I was called to do. But I had met somebody that initially I thought they meant well for me. I realized that wasn't the case. Um, without going into much detail, my life was in danger. Um, not initially, but later on when he got upset because I wasn't giving him attention and I made it very clear, I'm not interested in a relationship or I'm not interested in talking to you. But basically he even said with his mouth, and I didn't understand this at the time because I was learning a lot, but he had said with his mouth that, you know, he really wanted to help me mainly because he understood that if he was like, oh, I don't know if you're a prophet or I don't know, but I know that we're supposed to. Uh, house and help people in the scriptures that are out here that are called to spread the gospel and he was more focused about getting a blessing from me being in the same house with him or for helping me because he was more concerned about whatever God was blessing me with is going to end up trickling down over to him and in the scriptures you even notice that that you know if you're in the vicinity <laughs> and if you're close by to those who are being protected by God even if you're a sinner you know like for, I'm thinking about with Paul um when when Paul was and he was a prisoner no I'm no I'm not thinking about that time you know actually no I'm I'm a I'm a reference Job when Job not Job what is going on with me hold up Jonah <laughs> when Jonah was neglecting his calling and he didn't go to Nineveh and he was on the ship those that there were other people that are on the ship with him and they didn't understand what was going on with the ocean and the waves going crazy and stuff they were people that did not believe in God they had their own gods but they were still protected you know, being on the same boat with Jonah, they were still protected from the waves and stuff like that because when God calls you to do something, it's going to get done regardless. So this was meant like a wake-up call to Jonah that, you know, you go in the wrong direction when you're doing your own thing. And I remember when I was reading that, I was like, you know what? They are, those that were still around Jonah were also protected as well. I think that even, I, I do actually, I can't remember where, but I think that's that was the same case with Paul too when he was a prisoner on his way um being in transit um i think to speak to caesar but 
anyway, I was just thinking about that, and I was like, man, that was very selfish because he he wasn't doing it because it was the right thing to do. You were doing it because you wanted to get something, which ain't right, you know. And um, that reminded me when I was reading this, where it it talks about how the those that will in Proverbs those they uh, where are we at. A wicked man will be near the dwelling of the righteous. The dwelling is a home, a abode, where you're living, your living quarters. They'll be near. This is where, for example, the phrase that's saying where Satan, to, he teaches this to people. Don't listen to this mess. When he's out here telling people, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. No, you don't. Your friends are going to be closer to you. If you got friends, your friends are going to only be your friends when they friends of Jesus. Otherwise, they're, you're, they're your enemy. So the world's out here teaching people to keep your enemies closer. It's, they shouldn't be close, period. God tells you to guard your heart. Because, again, he's all about preserving your life. He'll give you life and then tell you how to preserve it. When you listen to what he says, it's truth. The devil will tell you, keep your mind open. Open your heart. Open your mind. Keep your enemies close. Because your enemies are people that hate you and they're listening to the devil. He knows if you keep people close to you and close to your heart, that's easy access to get you it'll be just not two birds out with one stone type of situation so i'm going to continue reading i'll go to the parable of the talents and then i want to go back to proverbs to finish that chapter but um because i remember reading the talents and how there was that lazy servant that did not um want or did not do what the master told him to do and i remember when i first read this years ago i couldn't understand why he was lazy but then as i've as i've experienced a lot of things in my life in my walk with Christ and then also um yeah just also avoiding certain scenarios and situations I I understand that laziness that lazy servant was disobedient God's not going to give you something for you to just bury it that's like the person that goes in this life rejects Jesus their entire life they don't want nothing to do with God they don't which means they don't want nothing to do with the truth and their skills and their talents that was given to them to glorify God, they glorify the world and sin. Talking about they'll save the world and all this crap. They don't want to go to the Savior. They want to be a Savior and save the world. And there's a burden they put on themselves. But then at the same time, those skills and talents, they're not glorifying God. They're basically being buried, wasted. They're no, no, it's not profitable at all. It's just wasted. So I'm going to go ahead and read that too. I'm going to start it again, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. For it is just like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. The servant who had received the five talents went at once and put them to work and, ga and gained five more. Likewise, the one with the two talents gained two more. But the servant who had received the one talent went off dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money after a long time the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them the servant who had received the five talents came and presented five more master he said you entrusted me with five talents see i have gained five more his master replied well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things i will put you in charge of many things enter into the joy of your master the servant who had received the two talents also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. This is Jesus. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. 
enter into the joy of your master. Finally, the servant who had received the one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man. See, I'm, I'm going to finish reading this. He already sitting here. What does it say? The wicked man run and no one pursues him. When people giving you that word salad and you're trying to explain away why they didn't do what they're supposed to do. This listen, listen to this last uh servant. Uh, the servant who had received the one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you're a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what belongs to you. See, look, trying to get credit for what they did, which was just dis being disobedient and trying to explain why they were disobedient. It's a lazy person does that too, by the way. They cannot answer a question. You ask them something, they'll go all over the world in 90 days and come back. It's like, hey, yes or no? Anything more come from the evil one, yes or no? They gotta explain away because they don't see anything wrong with what they did. They gotta explain why they did what they did, which is wrong. And then now in modern terms, and people out here protesting about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll continue to read. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what belongs to you. You wicked, lazy servant, replied his master. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And on my return, I would have received it back with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more. And he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw that worthless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Basically hell. Because we already see where he said, I was afraid as cowardice. You're disobedient. You're lazy. That's why, that's why the master said, you wicked, lazy servant. That's that type of person that's going to be asking, can you give me some oil to put in my lamp? Give me some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. So that's why I was thinking about that when I was reading Proverbs. Uh, let me go back to it, by the way. So uh, going back to Proverbs chapter 24, and I will start back at verse 19. Do not fret over evildoers. And I really need to hear that. Don't, you don't, that's, that's none of your business. Quinella, that's none of your business. You can't help everybody. You end up hindering people if you don't, when you don't take it directly to the Lord. Do not fret over evildoers and do not be envious of the wicked for the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be extinguished because they ain't got no oil. My son, fear the Lord and the king and do not associate with the rebellious for they will bring sudden destruction. Who knows what ruin they can bring? Again, that's why I said earlier when I noticed, I'm so glad I'm reading this. When I had noticed, man, why is there so much stuff going on, all this drama and distractions and stuff? Because whatever they got going on in their life that they're enabling, feasting on, from being lazy spiritually, they'll feast on every other work of the flesh. Whatever they got going on, it's going to come over into your house and disrupt your peace. That's how Satan will even want to disrupt your peace when you're tolerating that crap from folks that just love that mess. That's what it is. And it's garbage, it's mess. And this is where, again, the father is warning, my son, fear the Lord and the king and do not associate with the rebellious for they will bring sudden destruction. Who knows what ruin they can bring? Who knows? These also are sayings of the wise to show partiality and judgment is not good. Whoever tells the guilty, you are innocent. Peoples will curse him and nations will denounce him, but it will go well with those who convict the guilty and rich blessing will come upon them. 
by the way, while we're speaking on this topic, those that are very lazy want they be out here protesting and, and marching, calling out justice, but it'll be defined by what they think justice is, which is not true justice. It'll be all about them. They'll be the type of person that was, get set this person free, free my free my uh, cousin, free my and that person is guilty, but they want that person to be as it is written. Whoever tells the guilty you are innocent, they want that innocent person. That being, I'm sorry. They want, I'm sorry, I'm just frustrated. They want the guilty person to go free and they'll call that justice when it's not. And ironically, this is, it also reminds me of what happened again at the crucifixion with the Jews. They did not believe in Jesus or even Jews today though, or that are not true Jews. They'll sit here and make up and say, well, they're just uh, projecting onto the Jewish culture and all this other type of stuff that didn't really happen. They're trying to omit all the New Testament. Right here we see it. Whoever tells the guilty you are innocent, peoples will curse him and nations will denounce him. There you go. Because they were like free Barabbas. Was it Barnabas or Barabbas? I'm sorry. I'm going to go back way real quick. Yeah, it was Barabbas. Chapter, I'm going to read real quick. Chap Matthew chapter 27. Uh Jesus before Pilate, Jesus before Pilate. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and questioned him, are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. And when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, do you not hear how many charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus gave no answer, not even a single charge, much to the government's amazement, because he is the pride of that. I was like, wait, this is the pride of life for you to sit here and want to defend yourself. When you already, because God corrected me about that, when you know you've done nothing wrong, you're not going to sit there and try to grovel at people's feet and defend yourself and, and say, I'm innocent. Even if you're innocent, you're sounding like those that are guilty trying to appear innocent. So you even teach, don't, you don't answer to people, you answer to God. He's the first example of that. Jesus did not say nothing, but Jesus gave no answer, not even a single, not even to a single charge. Now, it was the governor's custom at the feast to release to the crowd a prisoner of their choosing. We still do this today when the president um, gets allows a prisoner to be released. At that time, they were holding a notorious prisoner named Barabbas. So when the crowd had assembled, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy, because we were talking about that. He knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him his me this message. Have nothing to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered terribly in a dream today because of him. I find this interesting, too, because when when you have um, when you're not putting Christ first, you're going to be still born of Adam. And Adam hearkened unto the voice of his wife. God meets you where you are. He had warned Pilate's wife in a dream and Pilate gives the message to Pilate, Pilate's gonna listen. Cause again, while you're still under Adam, you're gonna be acting just like Adam did. So I find that also very interesting. While Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, have nothing to do with that innocent man for I have suffered terribly in a dream today because of him. Now we see that Pilate already, already thinks that it was because of envy that they handed Jesus over to him. Now you got his wife confirming that. So I'm gonna continue. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus put to death. Who was it? Was it the people? Was it the Christians? Or was it the Jewish chief priests and elders that didn't believe in Jesus? Persuaded the crowds as manipulation, as witchcraft, to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus put to death. 
an innocent man, right? Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they replied. What then should I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? Asked Pilate. What evil has he done? But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but that, and that's how it is with people like this, <laughs> but that instead a riot was breaking out, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. You bear the responsibility. All the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. So people released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. So the guilty was set free. Now, let's go back to that. Uh, we're in Proverbs chapter 24. There are there. These also are sayings of the wise to show partiality in judgment is not good because God is God is not partial to princes. So that means your judgment is coming from the flesh and not from how God tells you how to judge. Whoever tells the guilty you are innocent. In this case, we just read Barabbas. People will curse him. Peoples will curse him and nations will denounce him. What we dealing with today with the Jewish nation that denies Jesus, not those who are Jewish and they don't deny Jesus. Peoples will curse him and nations will denounce him. But it will go well with those who convict the guilty and rich blessings will come upon them. An honest answer given is like a kiss on the lips. Complete your outdoor work. Complete your outdoor work and prepare your field. After that, you may build your house. Do not testify against your neighbor without cause and do not deceive with your lips. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will repay the man according to his work. I went past the field of a slacker. This is where I want to get to. <laughs> I went past the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of a man lacking judgment. Mm. Okay, so I want to uh, reference another parallel to this. Um, and by the vineyard of a man lacking judgment. So, uh, hold on real quick. Because when I had read that, that reminded me of Proverbs uh, chapter 12, verse 11. You want to hug, baby? So Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11, but I'll even read um, verse 10. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are only cruelty. The one who works his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies lacks judgment. Because I remember mentioning earlier how that type of person is lazy. They, they, they live in fantasy land. They they, they don't have their dream jobs and they ain't going to do nothing. They're not even going to look for it unless they get what they think they're entitled to get. They chase after fantasies. They lack judgment. Okay, let's go back to where we were reading, huh? Proverbs 24 again. I went past the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of a man lacking judgment, thorns had grown up everywhere. Thistles had covered the ground and the stone wall was broken down. I observed and took it to heart. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and need like a bandit. So that's actually even referencing what we had already read um, in Proverbs chapter 6. A little sleep, a little slumber, slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, where is it? How long will you lie there, old slacker? When will you get up from your sleep? When you can get up? We're not even just talking about physical sleep. You spiritually sleep. Another verse, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of food. <laughs> Proverbs 20, chapter 13. Laziness brings on deep sleep and an idle soul will suffer hunger. 
Proverbs 19:15. How long will you lie there, O slack? When, when will you get up from your sleep? Well, we just read that. Uh, that was Proverbs 6, verse 9. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe them in rags. Proverbs 23, 21. Uh, uh, let me see. The fool folds his hands and consumes his own flesh. Ecclesiastes 4, 5. So it's just like, no, you don't help a sluggard because it's not helping them. It's not. You'll be like that example that I was saying earlier. You'll be the feeder and the other one will be a glutton. They'll be obese and overweight. But obesity is not just going to be physically fat. If you're spiritually fat off of lies and lust, you'll be, you could be the skinniest. Oh, you okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you could be what the world will say is perfect BMI and good weight, height, whatever for your age, but would be a glut. Like God would be able to look at that type of person if they're not being fed from him and being fed from the devil's hand, they are a spiritual glutton. And that's why it was talked about for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe them in rags. This is one, not the many reason, but this is one of many reasons for why, as Jesus says, the poor will always be with you. You got to have greedy people that are in power that take advantage of people and use people. Then you also have greedy people who they, they, they spend if they do work, they're spending on their lust that destroy themselves, whether they're getting drunk or uh, overeating, overindulging or whatever, because glutton is not just pertaining to physical food. You're overindulging on anything. You've made that your idol and you be in excess of it to the point where the things that you need to be responsible for, responsible for and need would not be tended to. It will be neglected. And so you end up poor. Like, and these are not, again, this is not the reason why we have the poor always be with us but this is i've seen this even living here in portland uh, again like i had to pray and be like lord i don't want to help anybody to the point where if somebody comes up to me that's on the street i can't help but to want to help but i don't want to help somebody or give them money and they they use that to enable a drug habit or to buy something that they don't need that's making them like i basically didn't want i prayed to god i didn't want to enable somebody's sin and I had told him that I trust him, that he would, I, I prayed that for him to not allow for someone who didn't need it to not cross my path. Because I was like, I already know you order our steps. So whoever had, has, and it has happened that whoever has asked me for anything that was homeless or in need, I was trusting my father to know, okay, all right, this is someone that is in need. I don't have to question or think anything about it. What I've noticed, I ended up hurting myself when I would take it upon myself to go and help someone. And it, again, it usually it was somebody already was familiar with or a friend or family, whatever. I took it upon myself to help them, whether they asked or whether I um, volunteered. I, that's these are those are the only times where I was hurt, not when somebody who was on the street. It was always around those that I was more familiar with that I had did what I should not have done. And I even remember this verse when I ended up doing it, co-signing for somebody. And and now I'm at the point in my life, I'm, I'm at 33, I'm at the point in my life where I'm sitting here like, you know what, if I had to co-sign for you, why is that? And then if I notice I'm, I'm asking this type of question and they cop out a little attitude, mm. no, we don't have anything else to say. Because if you're hungry, even if you're lazy, I have to pray about this too, because you need to suffer. If you waste your money, 
or whatever on things you don't need. Now you're hungry. Cause I'm from the south. I'm I'm like we we gonna eat. I'm 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 my first thought is I'm gonna feed you, but I'm not gonna sit there and hold your hand and feed you every dog on day for the rest of your life. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not I'm not, I'm not a feeder. <laughs> I'm not a feeder. I'll, I'm a server. I'm not a feeder. So I wanted to share all of that with y'all because the thought again, the thought process just initially started off with just thinking about if I can remember. <laughs> it's fine. We went on a lot of tabs here with these verses, but I enjoyed this, Dad. I enjoyed this, my Heavenly Father. And I hope y'all did, too. Um, I was just thinking about, you know what, that person that always had those issues, they always had this stuff happening to them, they always had these things coming up in their life. Ain't no such thing as bad luck. It's <laughs> They're supposed to happen. I mean, it's supposed to happen because you did it to yourself, and God gave you over to what you wanted for the destruction of the flesh because he gave you over to your own devices when you don't want him as you should or he allowing that stuff to happen so you don't keep pursuing in my life so you don't keep pursuing these things that are actually not what you think they are they're not good and if everything is not working out you're going to stop or at least reflect on what you're doing a prideful person is going to keep doing it the devil out here is motivating people who are spiritually lazy to continue to keep going keep pushing keep striving keep working for what you want and don't be around the naysayers and the haters that are going to be out here and discourage you he and and he'll call discouragement somebody giving them wisdom and telling the truth like why are you doing that don't do that you're not supposed to do that because that's where the father will meet people where they are he'll, he'll send people to people who are doing something that they don't realize is hurting them and the person they end up sending to them would be somebody like highly likely is somebody that used to be that way sees it because they're not in it no more. They're in the truth. They're not in pride. And we'll try to warn somebody. And that other person still listening to Satan. Mm -mm, that's a hater. That's why I said yeah, there are spiritually lazy people. They got six-figure jobs. But they still a bum. Because in my book, you still a bum if you are lazy and you're not working for the Lord. You're not everything you do, you don't do it to glorify God. You do it to glorify sin and death. What you think makes you happy. It's all about you. That's... That's very self-centered and selfish. That's bum mentality. You don't want to serve another person. You just want to serve yourself. You're only thinking about yourself. Because that type of person is literally, and I can't stand when I hear people brag about, oh, my extrovert, introvert, or whatever. Because I'm like, a lot of, not everybody, but a lot of people I've seen online that brag about being an extrovert are leeches. Leeches. <laughs> you literally brag about, because again, they ain't boasting the Lord. They literally brag about being able to, to be around people socially or needing people socially so that they can recuperate and get their energy back. Because their source their source of strength is not the Lord. It's people. That's why when COVID happened, so many people just lost their minds. They couldn't talk to folks. They couldn't get their strength back because everybody's <laughs> sequestered. Everybody's just separated. But, mm. yeah, come on. I'm going to get my son in the bed. But, I just, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you because I was just like, yeah. Uh, when it's gotten to it's gotten to that point where I'm like, nah, it's something I'm not doing right. That other person is mistreating me and disrespecting me, but why have I tolerated it for this long? Or why have I allowed it? Or what am I not seeing that I should see? And this is why I prayed about it. And I was just like I said, I was just walking around the house and I was contemplating about it. And I was, I was talking with my father, and he was showing me. And I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna record this because I want to talk and hear myself talk out loud. Because what's going on? And then here I go. I know now. He didn't sit here and, and gave me the verses. I'm reading. This is how he is when he teaches. Things will come to your memory. 
they'll bring to your memory whatever needs to be given at that opportune time. They'll give it to you, whatever you need to, to focus on. And he'll remind you what is written in his in the scriptures. So, all right. I hope this encouraged some of you all out there. If you are anybody that is someone that is um, using other people, understand that you don't have to do that. You don't need to do that. Okay, yes, I am irritated. <laughs> but I I have also prayed to not attack the person that has wronged me or look at them in a specific way because then that's when I'll end up going into the area of pride. Um, so the Father has even shown me that this is what happens. It's the expectation. This is what happens when you don't know Jesus, when you don't focus on him. You're going to look for everything in the world to satisfy you or to fulfill you. And it's the world's already teaching you lies too, just like those of us who are endorsing your lies. So it don't make me no better than you. But I will say that you don't have to do that anymore. When you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, he says, Peace I give to you, peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. He gives you peace because that's the real thing you're searching for. You're not going to find peace because people say, I'm looking for happiness. That's peace. Peace is going to have joy, happiness, all of these things that the world is claiming to be seeking, but rejected the Prince of Peace with Jesus. You get that from Jesus. You get that from him. He helps you not to rem remember things that have been done to your wronged um any wrongs done to you because he he holds no record of wrongs we in the book of life he's not gonna hold a record of wrongs and he teaches you that one of the fruits of his spirit is to not hold a record of wrongs when you do that you're not beating yourself up you're not looking at other people and, and getting upset and i understand that so i'm not upset at you if you're doing this because who cares about what i if you come across somebody that acts like they upset with you and stuff like that just know you need you answer to god too okay and i you don't answer to me and my standards and expectations. You answer to God's. But you don't have to continue living that way anymore. Dog eat dog mentality, why? We already just read that you're going to come to ruin. Your lamp is going to be extinguished. You're going to come to ruin. So take that wisdom from the Father. And then he'll teach you how to apply. Wisdom is the application of the right knowledge anyway. He'll teach you how to apply it. While you're doing it, you will be fulfilling. You, you will be fulfilled already because you would have believed in Jesus and he fulfills you. He's holy who makes you whole and complete. But also, while you are fulfilled in him, there is no more having trust issues. Trust issues comes from having lack of understanding. When you trust in the Father, you don't have issues. <laughs> the issues come when we don't trust in him, okay? When we trust in ourselves. And we trust that if I want to get over on this person and do X, Y, and Z, then this is what I'm going to need to do. But then you, you're, you're going to have to keep doing that. You notice that when people are doing that, once somebody tells them no or they force their boundaries and, and they'll be like, I don't know how to talk to you anymore. I don't know how to be your friend. I thought we were friends. Then they leave that person and they go to the next person and go to the next person. That's, there's no different than that person is just sleeping around. They go to the next person so that they can be satisfied through leeching off the other person to fulfill their lusts. So you're never going to be successful. You're not going to ever be fulfilled. And it's a waste of your time. And if you're young, it's a waste of your life. If you're old, it's a waste of the rest of the life. Go ahead and redeem the time for the days of evil. If you're already older, you can still have your time redeemed because when you are saved by Christ at your old age, you have so much. The testimony in Jesus is supreme regardless. But He'll use your testimony. You will have so much wish because you experience life longer than me. I'm only 33. If you're getting to this, 
um at 50 60 70 i don't know because i've noticed that on youtube i've seen that i have a wide variety of people that are watching don't beat yourself up now is the time today is now to believe in the name of jesus christ that he died on the cross for our sins you okay baby that he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave out after the third day and is now at the right hand of the father in heaven he redeems you don't be being advised should have known this I should have dead. That's actually written in the scripture too about how um oh I have I, I wish I had neglected my counsel. I, I, I didn't listen to any any wise counsel and then you just turn into ruin. But hey, okay. There's no condemnation of Christ. You acknowledge what's wrong, you go to the one who makes it right and shows you how to live right, and then you move forward. We ain't got time for that type of mentality. Cause that's also lazy mentality. If you're sitting there and meditating on what shoulda, coulda, woulda, you ain't gonna be up doing what you should be doing. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, um, I love you all, and thank you so much for listening, and God bless. You snotty nose boy, I thought you were asleep anyway. God bless.